1: everybody, uh, we're going to make this intro this week short and sweet. Uh, just a reminder that we have the art contest going on at the subreddit. You've got three or four days yet to submit to that if you'd like. Again, the theme for that is Werewolf TJ. Uh, <laughs> and uh, if you are voted the winner for that, Syndactyl has got some cool prizes lined up for you. The other thing I want to let you know about is that coming in December, on Friday the 6th at 9pm and Saturday the 14th at 10pm, we're going to have some more End of Days passes Monster of the Week game. So with that, it's time to let the recap roll.
0: I think I get out of the, the trunk and see if I can see what the hell it is once I'm out.
1: So you come out of the chest and you turn back into your halfling form standing in what for you is almost waist-high water and you hold your hand out to see what is this strange liquid that you felt inside the chest that you were able to carry out with you and in your hand is a three foot blade made out of water all three of these frogmen jam their spears into you
2: all right fellas okay i give up i'm gonna drop my
1: filet and put my hands up there is this large dark set of armor with these white crystal eyes wearing a chef's hat and jake reaches out and touches the chest and jake you are in your new body round two <laughs> yeah Let's see if it goes any better this time So you rip this limb from him, and he stumbles backwards, clutching at the wound on his shoulder. And I just want to start lighting him up. So you start to move at him, and he holds up his other hand, and his fingertips glow. It fills your vision. And then before you appears a large, black gate made of wood and metal. And there's a cloaked figure standing in front of it. It seems your time has come here. Oh. At some point, visit the Black Gate. The only thing around you, in any direction as you peer around, is this gate. And it's not that there's a landscape with nothing there, it's just a void. What are you doing? Where am I? You are at the end of your line.
3: You are at the Black Gate. Is this... I'm dead? Yes. Huh. I mean, I knew that, Yeah, you know, I fucked up a lot. I knew eventually it would be too much, but, uh, boy, how unceremonious. Is it always this unceremonious?
1: Oftentimes, when people come to the end, they find that the moment that they died is no different from any other moment in their life. So what now? I mean,
3: it seems like if you just died and that was it, wouldn't I be wherever I go by now?
1: Now, we find out where fate will send you. Step, Step forward. I do. And this cloak figure reaches its hand out and holds it palm up. I give him my hand. Jake, roll last breath.
3: Which dice do I want to trust the the entire
0: fate of my character to? Boy, do I have an orange d6 for you. <laughs>
2: <laughs>
1: yeah, last breath has no pluses, no minus. It is two d6. Okay. Seven. Alright, so on a 7 to 9, Death takes your hand and gives it a squeeze and you feel something flow into you. And I think you notice as Death takes your hand, it's not Colvar's hand, it's not the big metal hand, it is Jake's hand. You, you are not from
3: my realm. No, I'm not. So if I stay dead here, I guess
1: I'm just dead everywhere, huh? Yes, I have... I felt a number of anomalies within my realm. Those who should not be here, or those who find a way to come back without facing my judgment. Since you are not mine to claim, I will send you back if you make a vow to me. What kind of vow? I feel in you something similar to me. You have been touched by something. Some higher power. Have you served something before? Some god
3: or energy or belief? Yeah, yeah, actually, I was the, um, well, where I'm from, I was the avatar, sort of, of one of the deities
1: until, uh, well, until they all died. Then my bargain is this, I will send you back, and you will be an avatar again. You will be my avatar for as long as you are in my realm, and your purpose will be to rid the realm of those unnatural things that are here that should not be. Can I ask you a question first? Death
3: just floats there silently. I mean, you know that I'm not supposed to be here. I'm traveling with two others that aren't supposed to be here, but we are here to prevent worse things. Will they be okay as I'm okay? If they help me in this
1: quest? I care not how the unnatural forces are removed from my realm, so long as they are no longer present. They contaminate my realm. They mix the magics. They fool with forces beyond their understanding. Feeling the energy that comes off of you, I feel for others in this realm of the same energy. I care not how they are removed, so long as their presence no longer taints
3: my realm. Four. Well, I'm with two of them, recovering a third and trying to eliminate the fourth. So yeah, I think it would be my absolute pleasure to remove these unnatural forces from your world.
1: Very well. And death reaches out again and touches your forehead. And there's a bright light. And then you see the ceiling of the room that you were just fighting Eston in. And you can hear him breathing pretty heavily somewhere and muttering to himself. Okay, I want to stand up. No,
3: like, hustle to it. No looking around in panic. Just like the Terminator.
1: I just want to stand up and turn to face him. As you start to rise... You hear him make a small guttural sound, and more of that black energy washes over you, and you take six points of damage. How much do you reduce from your magic armor? Two. You also reduce an additional point of damage, based off of the new sheet I have for you.
0: (laughs) Oh, boy.
1: Two in a row. So Dungeon World has things called compendium classes, where when your character has gone through a traumatic experience where they have done something amazing that other people could not accomplish, they get a new, essentially kind of a subclass that they can draw from as they level up. Your compendium class reads as thus, The Ghost Warrior. When you suffer greatly at the hands of the undead and swear upon your ancestors to fight them, you have access to this class. And so the first thing that you get from this class is whenever you face undead in combat, they never scare you and you take plus one armor against them.
0: Nice.
3: Nice. Do I come back healed? You do. Okay, good. He just
1: kills you instantly yeah, right it, again. Yeah, it'd be
0: really embarrassing if I just took one more point of damage and <laughs> yeah. down I
1: went again. Yeah, he's like, you
0: <laughs> just show up like, no, 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 I just had one more question. <laughs> just try to play it sorry, off. Sorry, I just had to see you again. He's like, never mind, I made a poor decision.
3: <laughs> <laughs> or, or he's like, you know what? In hindsight, hindsight I, I see, see where it. I went wrong. <laughs> yeah. I should have healed you. <laughs>
1: But you turn around after you take this blast and you see that Esten has very grotesquely fused his arm back onto his body, like part of his shirt and all of the sleeve is missing. And you can see where there is fresh black goo there that is holding it in place. And he was in the midst of kind of regenerating the area around it. I just want him dead. Like more than anything, I need Esten to die.
3: So I'm just going to, like, grab him by the face like the mountain and slam his head into the wall. All right, roll hack and slash. Oh, my God.
0: Snake eyes. No freaking way, dude. So you take
1: eight points of damage as you start to rush forward towards him. And he dives to the side and lets out more of that energy. And it seems like he is trying to make his way towards the door. I don't want to let him do that. I want to. Like, try and circle around him, keep him off
3: the ropes here, keep him away from the walls, and start laying into him again, just
1: firing shots, trying to put him down. Okay, roll Defy Danger with Dexterity. Seven. So you can get around in front of him and block the door, but he's going to unleash more energy, he is going to shout for help, or he is going to start to panic and try to escape a different way. I think I'm going to go with shout for help. I have to
3: count on the fact that I'm going to put him down before anybody gets here to help because I can't let him go.
1: So you get in front of him between him and the door, and he shouts very loudly down the corridor for help. He just starts screaming at the top of his lungs, and you know he's trying to attract the attention of the soul trap. What are you doing? I just want to stomp kick him back and away from this door. All right, roll hack and slash. (laughs) Twelve. All right, roll your
3: damage. Uh, I am going to... Roll the extra damage, too. I think I am just just desperate for this to work. I will take
1: the hit to deliver the hit. Eight. So you bring up your boot, and you slam it into his chest, and it caves in with a sick crunch, and he falls to the ground with no sound, no movement coming from him. And I adjust my chef's hat, and I say, Bon Appetit.
3: (laughs) 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 What are you doing? (laughs) i want to make sure he's dead i want to go examine the body like i don't know i assume he doesn't have a pulse i assume he doesn't breathe so checking just for like micro motions or anything does it seem at all like he's alive anymore uh yeah roll discern realities nine all right you get a hold one hmm none of those are like exactly what i want but i could see how a lot of them could be spun yeah um (laughs) i guess like what is about to happen? Is he gonna come back? Or what happened here recently? Did I kill him? Or what should I be on the lookout for? Him being alive? <laughs> like, I don't know.
1: Maybe useful or valuable, like in the sense of...
3: What, what here is useful or valuable to me in terms of information that would reveal if he is alive still or not?
1: Yeah. So you go over to him and you start to examine his body and you see that the black goo that was starting to repair his arm has shluffed off and the arm is laying next to him, separated again. That kind of blue-gray color that was in his iris is completely black now. Um, There is, you don't sense any sign of movement. It seems like he is starting to decay. And I think that as you're hunched over this body, you hear footsteps behind you and you hear a voice. Well, this is quite an interesting development, I have to say. TJ, so you are being walked back towards the cell by these three frogmen, and they lead you down the stairs into the full boat uh, that is submerged underwater, and they start walking you back down that hallway towards the cells. What are you doing while they are walking you? Yeah, I guess I'm just being the good prisoner. I'm just
2: kind of uh, walking along. I'm taking in... What I'm seeing, even though I've seen this sort of already before.
1: Okay, so as you're passing through these rooms and you're taking the time to look around as they're leading you, why don't you roll discern realities? That is a seven. All right, you get a hold one. What here is useful or valuable to me? So I think that as they walk you down the set of stairs that are in the room right before the cells are located where... You opened that large metal door. You notice that the inside of this room is the only fully intact room down here, and it is the full hull of a ship. And you look up, you actually see that on the ceiling of this room is another metal door that is actually swung open, that that door could close and seal where the stairs are located. Hmm... Uh, So they lead you back down the hallway and turn the corner and go into the room with the cells. And I think they stop when they get to the cells and notice that one of them is broken and one of them is just open. And they start talking to each other. And one of them goes over and opens one of the unbroken cells and gestures for you to go inside. I'll go inside. And they close it and lock it. And one of them leaves uh, and the other two stand guard next to the cell door. Tasks. you are standing in this room, and you've got this sword made out of water in your hand, and then there's a knock on the door behind you, and the figure on the bed rolls over and stretches and starts to sit up, and you can see that it looks just like the other frog figures, but a lot more of it is amphibian than not. And it notices you standing there, holding the water sword. What are you doing in yeah. here? Um, well... And it starts to move its hands around, and you see, like, water starts to coalesce.
0: Um, I think there's just an... And I'm going to try to shrink down to Shrew and get out this door.
1: Alright, so roll Defy Danger with intelligence to have this thought quick enough to do it before he finishes doing what he is doing.
0: Okay. Uh, ooh, ooh, that's a seven.
1: All right, so you can shrink down and start to move towards the door, but you are going to drop the sword, as you said. You did your huh, and you let go of the sword. You're going to take a little bit of damage from whatever he's doing because you're not going to clear the area, or he is going to let out a shout as you go to make others aware of your presence.
0: I think I'm going to get clipped.
1: So roll your shapeshift.
0: Uh, that's a twelve.
1: All right, you get a hold three.
0: I'm gonna use one of my hold to get under the door.
1: All right, so you take three points of damage, armor defeating, because as you drop into shrew form, an orb of water slams into the spot where you were just standing, and the force from it slams you into the door, but then you're able to duck under the door and get out. As you come out into the hallway, there's another frogman standing there, knocking on the door, but it doesn't see you. Which way are you running?
0: Uh so on this level. The only, like, actual wall of water is through the, like, the jail portion, right? Yes. Okay. Oh, God. I think that that is the way that I have in my head is the fastest way out of here. So I think I want to head for that hallway.
1: So you run down that hallway and turn the corner into the cell room, and there are two more frogmen in that room, and TJ is standing there in one of the cells.
0: Superb. Um, I guess I want to try to sneaky sneak through into this room and get into the cell with him and then you turn back into a halfling and you're just like oh oh darn
1: oh, wait. <laughs> all right so yeah are you going to use a hold to do this or are you going to try to defy danger
0: uh i think it's worth using the hold
1: all right so you jump into the cell next to his and skinnier way between the bars and you are now behind him as he's standing kind of looking out and down the hallway that you just ran from, you hear that voice. Be careful, there's someone down here running around. Find him. He just ran out. He turned into a little, some kind of uh, rodent or something. My soup here, not real good with non-water animals.
0: <laughs> <laughs> that that tracks. That <laughs> tracks. Um, DJ, behind you. Oh, Tess, what are you doing? What are you doing in here? I'm... Pretty beat up. What's it look like? Yeah, you look like shit. Yeah, I know. Okay. feel like shit. Can you get us out of here? If you can get us out of the cell, I mean, I can get out of the cell, but if you can get us out of the cell, run for the, uh, run for the water wall. I think I can get us up to the top.
2: I think I can do that. What about these
0: two? We're going to have to do this quick. I I have one potion left. I I can drop this, hand this off to you, and then you got to bust this cell open. Okay.
2: Uh, just hide behind me and just Hand me the the potion from behind me. We'll, we'll, We'll kind of, you know, sneak this.
1: And I think about this time, this is not a big area down here. You hear footsteps coming into the room. It is the other kind of flunky and the one who was speaking to you in that room. Where did you come from? Uh, Santa Claus brought me. What do you think? He looks you up and down for a moment and then sniffs. Kill him. And one of the guards steps forward and pulls out a key, while the other levels its spear at your chest. Jake. You hear this voice from behind you, and you recognize it instantly because you've heard it in your head for weeks now, and you've even spoken with it a few times. It's the voice of Colvar. I want to turn around and run over to him It's like, oh my god, it worked. Yes. It worked? Are you okay? Are you good? I want to like, look him over. Yes, I, I think so. It seems that I was holding... My body, what a strange sentence, and I heard him call for help and I rose and started to run this way and then suddenly it was like I was in a cell and the door was flung open and I looked down at my body and then I was in my body.
3: Okay, nice. And that means he's like definitely
1: dead too. Like, no worries, you wouldn't
3: be out if he wasn't. Oh my god,
1: yes. Uh, Is everything all right down there? I heard a lot of shouting going on. He haven't come yet. I've got all the stoves heated up and, uh... Got some nice butter in the pan ready for, for hey, what's going on in here? <laughs> and he turns the corner and he sees dead Esten and you and this elf. And many dead goblins as well. Yeah, yeah. Now, Trog, don't panic. Well, you let someone else in that body. You said I could try it and you stopped me. Now, who's inside of it? <laughs> the original owner.
3: That uh, was that was kind of like a magical like a uh, rubber band like there was no stopping it. I'm sorry he just he got launched back into his uh, body. Anyway. Yeah,
1: it's all right. I mean if it was his to begin with.
3: Um, <laughs> Trog, I think we need to have a conversation.
1: As you can see, and I gesture broadly to the room. There's nothing left for you here. Oh. <laughs> it's kind of uh, you'll be honest. He was uh, he was an all right boss. I've had way worse, but uh, you know one job to another. You want to come with me? Where you going? Well,
3: first, out of here somehow, and I think I'm going to need your guys' help on that part, um, but then I'm going back to my team, and we're going to go travel the world and kick ass.
1: I mean, I gonna told you I'm not a whole lot for the ass-kicking, uh, more of the uh, get your warm meal in your belly when you get home from the ass-kicking.
3: And that is the kind of person we could absolutely use and appreciate.
1: All right. What's the uh what you got to offer? What's it what's life gonna be like with uh with old uh well, hmm. are you so you told me Colvar before, are you still No, he is Colvar. Oh all right. Hello Colvar. Uh hello. And I am Jake. Oh, you're right, Jake. What would life be like, uh, on the on the road with Jake? I mean, what did he pay you? Well, he uh, gave me the the, the kitchen, and uh, you know, he promised me the ability to to create foods and things from stuff even uh, not from this world. He gave me the opportunity to expand my uh, my my flavor palette and uh, my recipes, and you know, just let me indulge in my art. Uh, I mean, I think I could accommodate that. I could still bring you things. Well,
3: from another world. Oh, you got uh, a kitchen. I I don't know because. Like, we were on a boat, and it had a kitchen, but I don't know what kind of progress they're making out there. So, by the time we catch up, they might be off the boat, and then we might be traveling on foot. In which case, it'd be kind of maybe a campfire scenario, or maybe you could cook at the inns that we stay at. Or so I, I've cooked at campfires before. I will. Here's Here's what I can promise you. We will give you more respect than any employer you've ever had before, because we're decent people, and... I like you. Like, genuinely, I like you. I think we are friends. You are not just, like, an employee. You'd be part of the group. Two, we get to travel. So wherever we go, whatever those culture cuisines are, you'd have the opportunity to dabble in them, because we'll be going place to place. And three, I have less access to other worlds, but still access to other worlds, like Esten did, and I could
1: hook you up with things. I mean, uh, don't really have an opportunity to get a reference from him, so... <laughs> Sure, let me uh, gather up a few things and uh how are we going to get out of here? You know, I've only ever come and gone through the the that room in his uh, his lab. The which room in the lab? The one with
3: like the spooky black stuff glowing under the door? Yeah. Do you know how to use it? No. I'm gonna look at Colvar.
1: Do you know how to use it? Theoretically, I never used it. I was a conduit kind of for the energy. Um I think he was channeling it through that soul trap. Um it might take some time but we might be able to figure out how to use it
3: uh i mean if it still needs a soul trap as a conduit just two thumbs at myself i am one now so that part at least we're not lacking
1: oh that's true
3: so if you can figure out how to kind of steer it we'd probably be good honestly before we go trog i do think we should cook (laughs) let's go make some food because i don't know where we're going and we're gonna need stuff So before we do anything, let's make up some rations. Let's let's tear this place apart. Get whatever we can out of here before we hit the road and never look back.
1: Uh, And so I think the next two or three hours, we see the three of you pouring through Esten's little bunker, for lack of a better term. And you find some various knickknacks that will be helpful. Uh, I think one of the big things that you find, actually, that you in particular need are repair kits. Um, This is the way that you heal yourself now. And I think that Colvar actually can break down the other soul trap into additional repair kits. um, Unless you tell him not to because you want to save it for some reason.
3: I was literally just thinking, like, what am I going to do with that soul trap? I don't think so. I think the only thing I would want to keep are the eyes.
1: So you're able to break down that other Golem body uh, and find additional repair kits. And you find a total of 12 repair kits. Dang. Uh, So repair kits work. Each one has six charges. They cost one weight, and they heal four damage for you. And I think that with what is in here and the knowledge that Kolvar has, the knowledge that you have, that there is a way that you can spend some time to convert a repair kit. So instead of them being slow like bandages and healing four damage and using one of the six charges, what you can do is spend a little bit of time prepping a repair kit and it will burn three of the charges and you can heal eight points of damage with that in the moment. Okay. Uh, And then also down in here, you find 6,000 gold. (laughs) (laughs) And you also find two magical items. Uh, Those magical items, I think with Colvar's help, you can discern what they are. Uh, So you find a Nightsiders key. Can you spell that? N-I-G-H-T-S-I-D-E-R-S like a C-I-D-E-R. Oh, like, oh, yeah, I was like Night Cider the night, the or night. night Cider, like a
3: delicious apple cider for the dark time. I thought it was going to be
2: like Night K-N-I-G-H-T. Mmm, delicious Night Cider. Yes,
1: pressed from the freshest nights.
3: <laughs>
2: That's <real fun.
1: laughs> Uh, Night Cider's Key. Uh, This key unlocks any door for you, provided you don't belong where you intend to go.
3: (laughs) That's
1: so awesome. Wait for the rest of the text. So long as you do nothing that would alert another to your presence, remaining unheard, unseen, and unnoticed, and take nothing more than your memories out with you, the key's magic will prevent your intrusion from ever being discovered. It's like you were never there at all.
2: Bizarre. Whoa.
1: That is an urban explorer's dream. You can imagine why Esten got a lot of good use out of it. Okay. You also find an immovable rod. A funny metal rod with a button on it. Press the button and the rod just sticks. It freezes in place in midair. Standing up or lying down, it can't be moved. Pull it, push it, try as hard as you like. The rod stays. Maybe it can be destroyed, maybe it can't. Push the button again and it's free. Take it along with you. And the other thing that you find is also a magic item, but it has been changed a little bit. Um, so this is Esten's Infinite Book. This book contains an infinite number of pages in a finite space. Uh, with no limit to the pages, everything that Esten has discovered through all of his travels is contained within this book. When you spout lore while consulting this book, you get an extra clause. On a 12+, plus, I will tell you the solution to the problem you're trying to solve. That is something that Esten has encountered and knows how to deal with. And I think along with that, um, there actually is also a bag of holding. Esten was not strong at all, but he was carrying a lot of things around. Uh, So you find a bag of holding as well. And over the course of this time, you cook some food, you convert some of these repair kits into the kind of healing potion version of them. Uh, How many are you converting?
3: Three uses converts into one of
1: those like mega uses. Yes. And, you know, thinking about it, converting them i think it cuts their weight in half so each two is only yeah one weight uh so i'm
3: going to combine 10 of these repair kits down i'm kind of recording this as like a also like a thing with charges just for the sake of bookkeeping so basically i'm going to reduce these down into five uh what i'm going to call insta weld no uh with four uses each so that's just breaking 10 repair kits down into 20 effective heals okay and eight hit points those are
1: like your potions so, I think this time passes. Trog gathering his things and making food, and Jake is looting this place and adapting the repair kits, and Kolvar is working on the teleportation room. Uh, Jake, I'm going to have you roll Discern Realities for Kolvar, just so that this fate is kind of in your hands. The questions that he gets, he'll be able to use on Esten's book to help answer some questions about how the teleportation room works. Am I rolling Kolvar stats? Yeah. What are they? <laughs> uh, his wisdom is zero. Okay, six. All right, so I think the way that this is going to work, Kolvar knows just enough to get this to work, but it does not work easily. It does not work, I don't want to say well. It still works okay. It's just a little clunky. So he can get it to work. You can teleport from this room of teleportation, but you have to embed those two black diamonds into your form somewhere. And that's going to take a little something out of you. And when you teleport, say that you're out in the world and you want to go somewhere else, you always have to return here first. So it's like a landing pad. You have to launch from here and return to here. You can't go from place to place. This isn't a choice I get to make, right?
3: Like, this is just how this is.
1: This is how he can get it to work. I think that the alternative is that he can rig it up to get you out once, but you won't be able to get back. Like, he can kind of set them to essentially overcharge and send you all out once but you have no idea how you would ever get back here do i have thoughts on the risks of
3: embedding those black diamonds into my form somewhere
1: they would be possibly a target if someone knew they were there um i mean you've seen what some of Eston's energy had done when it was released you saw like all the goblins get wiped out and you know it almost took you down uh, and so, you know, it's that same energy that's powering this room and that's inside of those diamonds. Because um, I think the thing that Colvar understands from reading the book is that, you know, he always was with Esten when Esten was using its room. And it's because those diamonds were essentially the source of the stored energy when he was not in that specific teleportation room. Um, yeah, I will
3: put them on my person somewhere. Um do I get to pick where? Yeah, I think so. I could do like a two little two gym mohawk.
0: Oh, yeah. And then wear my chef's
3: oh. hat over it. I was thinking under the armpits. So then that way you could always be hiding them. Do they have to like protrude or can I like nest them in my form? Like, can they be flush with?
1: Yeah, they can be flush. Um, but if they were like on your feet and you were going over like a really rocky terrain, you know, there's always the chance that they could get hit that way. Like destroyed? I don't think, you know, Mm you could try to test and see like the durability of some of these diamonds but are there any other ones that aren't like the essentials did he
3: have any in his component room or anything
1: uh yeah i mean there's the orange one that was filled from you
3: uh, i do i mean before i would test on that one i do want to run that by colvar like he was there when it happened i don't but just hey you know that's got some of your life force in it right do you know how to take it back no i wish i did Well, yeah, if he doesn't have any opposition, I might just kind of pressure test that thing and see what happens. Okay. How you like just crushing
1: it between your hands or?
3: Uh, I think I would start with setting it on the ground and like kind of putting my the ball of my foot on it and just like gradually adding weight to see if it shatters or if I could like stand
1: on it. So you start to put your full weight on it and it doesn't shatter, but you do hear like a cracking sound and you actually see like light underneath your feet flaring out. Uh, I want to like step off of it and take a look at it and see what kind of damage I did here. Yeah. So you can see like hairline fractures in it. It's not cracked. It's not broken, but you can see spider webbing deep inside of it. And that was from my full force. Yeah,
0: man.
3: Where is safe? All right. What do you guys think? TJ's gesturing at the armpits again. I'm not going to do the armpits.
2: Maybe if you put them in the cheeks of your mouth like a uh, chipmunk or something. What if I put them
3: (laughs) in my mouth like and they just look like fangs or something? Ooh. Or like
1: tusks, like orc tusks that are made of black crystal. Yeah, I think that you could find a way to jam them into your mouth.
3: And then I get to talk like this for the remainder of this arc. All right, Vito. It's too late. <laughs> uh, I think I want to do like a mohawk with them so that I can like hide it under the chef's hat if I'm wearing the chef's hat. But that seems like a, a relatively safe place. Compared to a lot of things where I might fall or get hit or whatever, the top of my head seems safe-ish. Yeah, okay. Is there like a an empty one in, in here? I want a black one and then a, some other one and then another black one in a line. So I've got the nice three symmetry mohawk.
1: Yeah, there's a, a handful of, of different colors that are not filled with anything yet.
3: I will do a red one. One, because I'm very big and strong now, so thematically it makes sense, and two... Because it is the color of pasta sauce. So it goes with my chef look.
1: (laughs) All right, so you're putting three of these gems into your body. So you take four points of permanent damage as Kolvar cuts into you and modifies part of your metal body to house these three crystals. So is there anything else you want to do in here before you leave? Not that I could think of. All right, so the three of you with your belongings packed head towards the teleportation room in esten's lab where are you headed uh back onto the scoundrel's fortune so roll teleportation room and it is plus int
3: <laughs> i was gonna say i don't suppose it's strength is it <laughs> <laughs> i'm gonna flex us right where we need
1: to go Ooh, seven. all right so we see the three of you join hands inside the teleportation room trog and Colvar and big metal jake and they all vanish into the ether so TJ, you have tasks in shrew form hiding behind you, and one of these guards has their spear ready to strike while the other is opening the door, and a little further down the hall, the other guard and the leader have turned to leave. What are you doing?
2: As they are right there next to the gate, as soon as it is unlocked, I just want to swing that gate as hard open as I possibly can to knock them down.
1: Roll Defy Danger with Strength. Yeah. Come on, Strength. Eight. So you'll be able to kick this gate open and knock the two guards backwards, but the leader will notice Tass in your cell. Neither of them will take damage from this, but they will be pushed backwards, or one of them will take damage from it, and one of them will get you with its spear.
2: I think that the leader is going to have to notice Tass in this case, because I don't think I could take another hit.
1: All right, so roll your damage. Three. Good lord. Ugh. One of them actually goes down from that damage. Uh, The other one is pretty bloodied already, and he staggers backwards. He does not go down, but the one next to him does fall to the ground. That's awesome. So what's everybody doing?
0: I think now that the door is open, I, I feel like I am no longer in secret here. So I think I'm just going to drop my last hold back to halfling form and see what this water sword can do. I think I leap up to that gate where He's kind of pressed it between him and them, and I just want to jab it between the bars to the closest one and see if I can hit somebody.
1: All right, roll hack and slash.
0: That's an 11. Yeah.
1: All right, roll your damage. And so with this water sword, this is a magical item. Ooh. Obviously, a sword <laughs> made of water. So you can take one point of damage when you use this sword, and it will automatically bypass any armor.
0: Okay. Okay
1: always worth it
0: (laughs) yeah i think so um i think i'm gonna take that damage and uh see what i can do here
1: all right roll your damage six the other one who was holding the gate goes down and now there is just the one who is in charge and his last flunky who is knocking on the door and the leader in the back starts to move his hands around again and you can see water starting to coalesce tj
2: I am going to press the jewel on my belt. <laughs> All right. Roll a D4. Come on, baby. You've never let me down before. Yes. Daddy needs a ass. new pair. Oh, ah. Stanley, yes.
1: Stop cursing me. It's it's a one. I made this joke before and I'll make it again because I like it. You grow one times your normal size. <laughs> <laughs> uh, no, So you double in size. You add one hit point and one point of damage. Copy that. Uh, and then I'm going to.
2: Oh. Gosh, that guy has my flail. Does my flail grow with me, or no? When is it just I am damage?
1: I am become damage. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um. Anything that you have on you grows with you, but you are not holding your flail, right? Because, yeah. So, so, it's so just it is me. sitting on the ground. Uh, the one who was just killed. Uh, it is in his belt, and it is just normal size. Gotcha.
2: I. I- Guess then I'm just going to pull my shield off and use it as a battering ram and take out the flunky. All right. Roll hack and slash. <laughs> that is a, oh, oh it's a six.
0: Um, Can I try to aid him here?
1: How? What are you doing?
0: Um, I think since I'm just still very low and I have the sword, I'm sort of menacing that other one that's closest to me. Um, I'm trying to like keep his attention a little bit by slashing the sword at him um, so that maybe he's just not seeing TJ coming because he's trying to defend.
1: Yeah, all right. So roll eight or interfere.
0: Okay. Five. (laughs)
3: Jesus. (laughs) Look at you idiots doing such a bad job. What if you died? (laughs) How dumb would that be? Stupid. (laughs) Imagine if you were so bad that you died. Because I died,
1: you see. So, Tash, you take eight points of damage as a spear Whoa. of water flies down the hallway and slams into your chest. Mm-hmm. And, TJ, you take three points of damage as the frogman thrusts his spear out at you.
2: Uh, is that armor defeating?
1: No. Hmm. Oh, well, then
2: I don't take any damage, luckily. <laughs> All right. Tash, what are you doing?
0: If I wanted to get to that caster, I probably have to get around the, the guy in front of him, right? Correct. Ah. I guess then I need to just try to help take out this guy in front first, so I'm going to take a swing at him.
1: Alright, roll hack and slash.
0: That's uh, an 8.
1: Alright, roll your damage.
0: Um, And I think I'm going to take that point of damage to do that little extra. Okay. Two.
1: So you leap forward with the water sword and you thrust it at this frogman and it jumps back after it takes the hit and thrust its spear forward. Uh, you take two points of damage.
0: Excellent. I also have my handy armor that deflects that
2: dj is it possible for me to grab my flail and attack the flunky yeah but it's going to be a little tricky to maneuver because it's
1: going to be half your size then i'm just gonna
2: boot this flunky all right roll hack and slash that's an eight all right roll your damage and you've already attacked him before so yeah i get that extra
1: give it to him
2: oh baby nice oh man Uh,
1: that's a 16. Yeah, you boot him. You don't even boot him. You kind of boot through him. Your foot hits and then there's just jelly flying down the hallway.
0: (laughs) I should have saved it for the big guy.
1: (laughs) Uh, Taz, what are you doing?
0: I think I'm going to step towards him and say, do you want to die with your buddies that we just slaughtered or do you want to walk away and pretend we were never here?
1: I will not be the one dying here today. He starts to move his hands around out towards his sides.
0: I don't, I'm not, I don't like that. I don't want that. All right. I guess I'm going to run forward and try to hack him down.
1: All right. Roll hack and slash.
0: Oh, does a 12 get me anything? It does. Woo! Um, all right, then I am, oh no, I don't want to tempt fate here. I'm just, I'm going to take my hit from the sword and, and hit him.
1: All right. Roll your damage. Four. As you strike at him, uh, roll wisdom. Uh, Eleven. So you notice that as he takes this hit, he does not break his focus and he is still channeling energy towards the sides of the walls. And having seen this before when you were investigating this little underwater labyrinth, you notice that water is slowly starting to pour through those gaps where the water was magically being kept out.
0: Oh, it's about to come apart, TJ. I want to
2: hulk clap this guy's head all right roll I can slash (laughs) my god oh baby that's an 11 all right roll your damage and I'm going to do extra just in case okay it's a good thing I did that because I rolled a one on my four so that's a four and six
1: so you step forward and you clap your hands around his head and blood is pouring out of his nose but he is still focusing. He pulls his hands in very violently and the ground underneath you starts to shift and water starts to pour in all around you as the Aquamancer tears this underwater layer apart with both of you still inside of it.
0: The Fable and Folly Network, where fiction producers flourish. In June of 2020, an amateur podcaster disappeared from the Carson National
3: Forest while searching for the legendary Finn Treasure.
2: But he was adamant that he was onto something
0: big. He was obsessed. He showed her some hand-drawn map to a treasure out in northern New Mexico.
3: The subjective truth is part treasure hunt, part paranormal docudrama. Starring Addison Peacock as Graham Anderson...
0: Back at
2: home, I placed the box on the counter, and I just stared at it for a while. You'd never be able to guess its social
1: impact on the human race by looking at its simplistic design. UFOs, ghosts, reincarnation, and liars. This is the subjective truth. Subscribe now. Listen wherever you get your podcasts.